0: Hello and welcome to Switch It, the podcast that always offers turn and bounce from day one. It's honours even in the test between England and India after two wildly contrasting matches in Chennai. Joe Root himself scored 258 runs in the first test, while England could only manage 298 over two innings in the rematch. Even in a part of the world known for abrupt shifts in the pace of the game, it's fair to say things have escalated quickly. So what is the state of play halfway through the series? To discuss, I'm joined by two men, neither of whom would be ruffled by a puff of dust on the first morning. ESPN Crick Info's England correspondent and Housewives' Choice, George DeBell. And from our India desk, the hipster pick, senior sub-editor, Karthik Krishnaswamy, making his switch-hit debut. George, uh, hope you're well and surviving the conditions up in Birmingham. Has it, has it snowed much in the recent
1: weeks? It has, but I think I'm really most from not being a hipster anymore. I've got too old, haven't I?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I'm sorry if we're just breaking that news to you now. 1-1 right. yeah. um, one, one after two tests, though. England would have taken that, wouldn't they?
1: Yeah, 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 of course they would. Um, yes, uh, that's the, that's the short answer. Uh, I mean, it was obviously the second test is a, a worrying defeat because it wasn't terribly close, was it? I mean, it was pretty much guaranteed for the moment Virat went, heads or whatever happened (laughs) but
0: um, I think I think Root Root gets the call doesn't he and yeah uh, he probably does yeah he probably
1: does (laughs) and uh, you know for the moment honestly I think we were saying to each other at lunchtime on the first day I think Robert Sharma might have played the defining innings of this game so these are conditions which are probably the greatest test that English cricketers will ever face and they and they were and they failed it, I suppose. I, I think more to the point is I'm not that worried about this defeat. I've se- I, I think I've seen a lot of England defeats over the years, and this one they were comprehensively outplayed by a side that's better than them in these conditions. But they were extreme conditions.
0: Yeah. Well, there we go. That's that's pretty much that done. Um, <laughs> no, well, welcome to the show, uh, Kartik. I'll um, I'll offer you a virtual fist bump, and we'll save the cap giving ceremony for another time. You're a, a Chennai boy, uh, I think. So it must have been nice to see crowds back in at Chipok.
2: I was, I was kind of conflicted on that. I mean, it was great to see and hear the crowds, but also like the COVID situation in India isn't... I, I mean, it's it's not like it's gone away. It's, it's there. Yeah. Uh, for some miraculous reason, uh, the numbers have come down, but then we've seen like second waves all over Europe and stuff. So you can never be too careful and uh but for all that yeah it was good to uh see the stands you know packed halfway and hear them based more than anything else like uh that fake crowd noise is kind of rubbish so uh, i mean you could tell like i'm i was doing commentary and i uh, wasn't always looking at the screen between overs right uh like you're typing whatever Uh, putting in comments and stuff and suddenly you hear like a lot of whistling from the fans and you know okay they made a bowling change and Ashwin has come on so yeah (laughs) yeah that's all of that yeah yeah these things which yeah you you kind of take them for granted but uh now you're hearing them afresh and like wow crowds at test matches it's good to see
0: yeah nice to have the real thing and and forget about the pandemic uh, briefly. Um, what impressed you more? Uh, the first victory by a visiting team in India since 2017, or India's response to it?
2: Uh, probably England winning the first test. Uh, though, I, uh, I mean, they, like between the two tests, I think the toss had a bigger role to play in the first. But Having won it, they did absolutely everything they could to, like, not let go of their advantage and build on it and build on it session after session, day after day, and uh, it was a really impressive performance from them. And uh, the second test, I think, when you get conditions like that, uh, they very quickly separate, like, uh, a really good uh, team in that set of conditions from the other team. I don't think, I don't think England played badly in the sense that they didn't underperform They, a lot of them performed to their potential but that wasn't quite good enough against this Indian team in those conditions
0: that's, um, that's quite a scary thought in a way um, a quick recap then um, England of course won the first test by 227 runs led by a double hundred from Root uh, with a strong strong support from a number of different players they subsequently made four changes, some pre-planned, some enforced uh, for the rematch, and um, were presented with a, a vastly different challenge. Um, Rohit Sharma, as George touched upon that that innings on the first day at 1-6-1, virtually settled the result. England bowled out twice without getting close to 200. George, we talked on the pod before the series about how on flatter pitches India could be sure of their quality coming to bear uh, while resorting to spinning decks, uh, as in Mumbai 2012, risked bringing England's spinners into the contest more. Um, at least that's what we thought would be the case.
1: No, I still think that's the case. I still I still think this was a, a high-risk strategy. I, I agree with everything Karthik's just said there, by the way. I agree that the toss was much more important in the first test. But it was important in the second as well. And... Um, I thought that, uh, yeah, I thought uh, that uh, India's definitely had players to utilise and they had player, batsmen who were more uh, able and experienced in playing those conditions and bowlers who were more suited in exploiting them. That's, that's true. But I do think that if England had batted first and been able to get over the, um, the spooked element that I think did creep into them, then they could have set a decent challenge and it could have been different. Yeah, I do. I think it's a leveller. And I, I'd be surprised if we saw another pitch like that in the series. I mean, I don't think we know what to expect, really, going forward. But I'd be surprised if there was another one like that, yeah.
0: Well, um, the next test in Ahmedabad, obviously, will feature the pink ball and um, day-night new conditions. Yeah, Sorry. so... Um, <laughs> Who knows? Some, some unknown factors there. We'll, we'll, we'll definitely come on to that. Um, Kartik, on, on the question of the pitch, I mean... Uh, Aside from the fact India scored six hundred runs on it over two innings, um, which should tell you something, was this a, a fairly standard subcontinental surface? Uh, just one intended to turn early.
2: No, it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't a standard surface at all. Especially uh, India haven't prepared these kind of pitches that much since. So in twenty fifteen South Africa came over and uh, then there were like two really uh, like. A Chennai type uh, uh, pitches for that series in Mohali and Nagpur. But since then, they've had very normal Indian pitches, which is like start out flat and then start turning from you know end of day three onwards. Uh, and uh, it's not even been uh, always that way, there's been grass on the pitch on quite a few of the pitches as well, there's been like bouncy ones. There's been two-paced ones. There, there is no one standard Indian pitch, as you guys know. So, uh, this, uh, this is the first time India have prepared this kind of pitch in Pune in 2017, and that was against Australia. And, uh, it backfired, like you guys were saying. It can happen that you uh, make the con- conditions extremely favorable to one kind of bowling, and that kind of narrows the gap between the two attacks that can happen too. It didn't happen here, but, uh, yeah, that happened in Pune, it didn't happen here, but, uh, so this wasn't a typical sort of Indian pitch at all.
0: Yeah, it would have been interesting. I think as George says, if England had, um, had the opportunity to bat first and, and make India sort of chase the game, even if it was, um, a, a lower total than, than India managed to put up here. Um, I mean, you could be forgiven for thinking the way the way both teams batted and the way um, it played out that, that, that England had, uh, or India rather, had switched the pitch each time um, England came to bat. Um, I mean, I think Ben Folk's faced 100 balls in the first innings. Joe Root managed 92 in the second. Um, George, do you think some of that, you mentioned sort of them being a bit spooked by the talk, do you think some of that was... Um, you know, in the mind as much as technical uh, issues.
1: Uh, I mean, a little, no doubt. <clears throat> but I did think it was extremely tough, and I did think that there, there's a you know there's a chasm in experience between playing in uh, spinning conditions. Um, I don't think the pitch was great. I don't think anyone is claiming that the pitch was particularly super. Uh, you would. It's not so much that it turned early, which it certainly did. There was some, ju- uh, some jump from some bounce, which was very, very high. The the thing that probably saves that pitch from being worse than not great is that I didn't see a lot of low bounce. In fact, I may have seen more in the previous test. I mean, you think of those wickets that Jimmy Anderson got near the end, admittedly, fourth innings. He's mm-hmm. hitting a patch. I mean, a great reverse, no doubt about it, but he is hitting a patch uh, just outside off stump, and the ball's scuttling, really. It's keeping pretty low. So... Um, uh, what could England have done differently? I don't. I, this is my point. I've seen England play uh, very well and very badly quite a few times. This isn't in the top ten bad performances. Honestly, <laughs> I thought they batted worse against Roston Chase's off spin in Barbados. That's the most recent one that comes to mind. Well, Roston Chase doesn't really turn the ball. I mean, nothing wrong with him. He, he's completely competent and he and he's a pleasing bowler. But there's, there, there wasn't any turner. They lost. An, he took an eight for. Uh, so uh, that that's one that springs to mind. Uh, this one, I mean, you just sometimes got to accept that you come up a team which is very good, very good in those conditions, and it shows what England have to learn and where they can improve. But I think I pretty much agree. They almost played to their ability. And that looks like a really damning thing to say because of the huge margin. But these were quite extreme conditions. And in the same way that I don't blame India... Being bowled out, Lords, on the first morning a couple of years ago. What did they make? 120, 130, something like that. Did fine. They just did fine. Sometimes, you know, it's a flaw of the game, really. Sometimes this happens. You move on. One one. Who knows what we're about to see? I wouldn't read that much into it. I mean, yeah. I mean, I could, it, give, it, I could give you a lot more analysis, <laughs> but I don't think it would take us anywhere. Well, no. Just on on um, going back to the root of the
0: problem, perhaps um, in terms of playing spin and ability, uh, well, playing and bowling spin. But should um, should this sort of um, be one of those little nudges that the ECB might think, um, well, of staging test
1: matches at Taunton rather than uh, docking Somerset points okay, every so, time they so, produce a so, the turner. <laughs> so, well, so none of this should be a surprise. So there is a little Englander attitude. That when you see the ball doing that, they immediately say, well that's not right, it's not the right thing. And I just think you've got to examine that attitude. Uh, I just think you have to be a bit more open-minded and not see everything through Australian England eyes. And while these things might be quite foreign to quite a lot of people, bearing in mind this game was on Channel 4, so a lot of people are seeing Test Match Cricket overseas for the first time in a long time. For those of us who go abroad a lot. I mean, I don't know that conditions were more difficult than they were in Dacca. And certainly the ball turns mightily early in Gaul. So you do see these things and, you know, we don't want homogenisation. But specifically on the the Somerset pitch, and it's not just Somerset. We saw, I remember, Hampshire have been docked in the last few years, um, North Ants before that. You know, quite a few people said at the time when those games were going on, this pitch should not be penalised, this is good preparation. And honestly, the one where uh, Middlesex played at Taunton, there was a lot of bleating about that surface, which again, wasn't maybe perfect, but it was quite similar. So yes, I would absolutely urge people to be a bit more open-minded about pitch preparation and remember that the aim is partly anyway, to prepare people to go and play test cricket. And half England's winters are spent surely, in Asia. So uh, it's a huge flaw in the English game, isn't it, that uh, seam is disproportionately important and the county championship is played at a time of the season where spinners have become irrelevant. Every so often that is going to come back and slap them in the face and it's terrifically predictable. Um, Interestingly, I think this is the
0: first, I think I'm right in saying the first um, uh, well no not the first but among the few home um, test victories uh, so far this year given uh, India winning in Australia England winning in Sri Lanka uh, West Indies winning in Bangladesh so um, clearly home advantage isn't being be abused beyond um, uh, anything that is reasonable um, Karthik uh, Rohit um, and Ashwin talked a fair bit during the game about kind of Making runs, Ashwin obviously scored a hundred as well as Rohit. Um, took, uh, kind of taking a proactive approach, um, Ashwin sweeping for the first time since he was kind of in the under thirteens or something like that. Uh, I mean, it was less successful for England. Root had Root has been sweeping a lot in Gaul and in in Chennai. Um, uh, he got out that way in the first innings. Uh, the axa Patel, the, the um, debutant, um, got him uh, on the sweep. And I mean, was was that difference? Do you think um, partly to do with the the pitch, or as much to do with the fact that India had a reconstituted attack this time around? Uh, they were able to play Patel, who got picked up a, a knock before the first test, and and Washington Sundar and and um, Nadeem Shabazz dropped out.
2: Yeah, I was going to come to that actually because. Uh... India, in the first test, probably played one of their weakest home attacks in a while. Because, I mean, when you don't have Jadija, it's a big blow. And uh, mm. I don't think it was, I think it was a little unexpected that Shabazz Nadim bowled the way he did. Because he's uh, got a lot of experience in like uh, domestic cricket and uh, and he made his debut against South Africa, he bowled really well. So, uh, that was a little unexpected that he kept dropping short a lot and kept bowling all those no-balls as well. Uh, And Washington Sundar is, you know, he's still really young and he's still kind of figuring out what kind of cricketer he is. Uh, Like, is he more of a batsman? I think he's more of a batsman than a bowler. But because of T20, his peculiar style of, you know, he's tall, he hits the pitch and bowls stump to stump. So that works in T20 and his bowling is... Uh, gained a lot more prominence than his batting in that format. So he's still figuring out what kind of a cricketer he wants to be. So uh, uh, Kohli said today that Akshar Patel would have played the first test had he been fit. And you saw why. Like he came in here and he didn't bowl a bad ball. Like maybe a couple uh, in each innings. That's about it. And uh, he bowls really fast. He, uh, he's he got that sort of round arm angle as well. So, it kind of forces you to play the angle and then a few really, really uh, spit and like uh, turn across the face of your bat. And he's very hard to play in these kind of conditions. So, it was the... Uh, England probably, like, he's, he's, he's one of the harder bowlers to sweep, I would think, uh, given the way he bowls and given... The fact that there was so much bounce off this pitch as well and not just turn. So the top edge comes into play and uh, like Joe Root found that out in the first innings. Uh, So it was just a far more accurate attack in this test than the one England had faced in the first test. So so given that, I mean, as proactive as Rohit Sharma was in the first innings, and he was, no doubt, uh, and Ashwin in the second as well, I think England's bowlers did allow them to, you know, there were a few bad balls every now and then. and uh, Also, Mohin, uh, even when he wasn't bowling particularly badly, I thought, especially in the second innings, when Ashwin and Kohli were a little bit into their partnership, uh, I don't know whether it's because he's playing red ball cricket for the first time in a while. But he looked a little, I don't know if it's if he was tiring or what, but he seemed a little slow through the air like slower than you need to be on a pitch like this where you're looking to give the batsman as little time as possible. So that kind of played into India's hands as well, I thought. So they were able to play, uh, they were able to sweep more successfully than England did. And uh, yeah, everything flowed from the fact that England's attack wasn't as accurate and probably bowled a little slower than India's spinners as well. Kind of like the reverse of what happened in Mumbai in 2012 when uh, Monty Panesar and Graham Swan were both quicker and more accurate than India spinners of the time.
0: I mean, uh, George, obviously England went in with basically the same balance of the side as they did for the first test. Uh, they made all those changes, um, but you still had, the, you know, the two spinners um, and the the two quicks with um, Ben Stokes to sort of... Uh, provide backup um Root said uh, you know afterwards uh, selection is a is one of those things that's always um better in hindsight um but I mean England's England's inability to live up to the standard set by India with the ball was was clearly um as as big of an issue as the fact they didn't score any runs
1: yeah sure it was um yeah, I mean, uh, as Karthik said, they bowled too many release balls, four balls even. And India's batsmen didn't have to face that or didn't get the opportunity to, um, sorry, England's batsmen didn't get release balls. Uh, and also India, India's batsmen generally trusted their defence a bit better. I actually thought uh, Virat's batted very well here uh, without maybe the big score to show for it, but I thought he batted pretty really well. Um, yeah, I, I think that people who are, I, I know, a very prominent um, former England captain, uh, the West Country Wokes, as people should call, Lord Botham, um, <laughs> has been uh, has picked up on the changes in the side and said, you know, why, why would you do this? I don't think it made any difference at all. I mean, if you look at those four changes, Stone for Archer was enforced and actually Stone did great. Uh, Moeen for Bess, well Moeen took eight for. should have had a ten for him as top scorer in the second inning, so I mean, would Bess have done better? Would he? I mean, I don't know, he might, not really I don't think. <laughs> uh, who's the other one? Then you've got uh, Folks for Butler, well did would Bro- Butler have done better? Broad and for yeah. Also uh, well, then, then you've got Broad for Anderson and Broad wicketless, so it's all Broads fault, is it? <laughs> oh, it's kind of ludicrous, isn't it? I get that people are looking for quick fixes, it's the best way to fix something. But I just don't think that's the right area to be looking at all. I don't think the changes made any difference at all. I actually don't think England were any weaker. They just yeah, got played. Don't... Sometimes it happens.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think um, we've had we've talked a lot about Jimmy Anderson's abilities in the subcontinent over recent weeks. I don't think he would have made the difference in in this game. Um, some just something tells me um, the on the on the batting. Um, uh, for England, George. Four tests into this uh, tour of Sri Lanka and India. Joe Root has 723 runs. England's next highest run scorer uh, isn't on tour anymore. That's Joss Butler uh, with 185. Uh, so quite a big golf there. And then you've got Don Sibley on 184. Only Sibley, um, Stokes, Butler and Dan Lawrence have scored 50s. There's been a bit of chopping and changing um, and this is where perhaps rotation and so on uh, can affect a team a bit more in, in in a batting lineup where batsmen like to feel secure and settled. But it, I mean, it, is it a little bit of a, a concern that um, three, uh, two thirds of the way in, there two more tests to go, that no one else has scored a hundred, no one else is um, is adapting or or you know, kind of finding a way? It seems in in these conditions. I mean, it's spun in Gaul as well. Yes. <laughs> no,
1: it's a humdinger yeah, yeah, yeah. of a problem <laughs> Moving well, on course, and, uh, and, and Changes, it, well, it, <laughs> changes I, could be, be made
0: For Ahmedabad well, with Johnny Bairstow Returning and, and possibly Zach Crawley being physical well,
1: well, well they could and Johnny did okay in Sri Lanka I think people should look at those scores though Before, you know, I mean got Top 40. score of 47 I think wasn't it? Do you know what I mean mm. it's, just, it's not like there are people who, who have been left out Who are screamingly better than those in the side you, you just have to accept that this is a a really really weak area of english cricket and if you want things to improve you know you go back to the domestic structure but I mean, of course you do <laughs> england spinners don't bowl in domestic cricket english batsmen don't face spin in domestic cricket i mean and, and when you sign a half decent overseas player or similar like harmer they clean up or jita patel now jita patel cleaned up in english cricket for a decade i think he's got a test bowling average of 47 yeah, um, well, I it, think I think that tells you yeah. a, a lot of the problem. <laughs> so, is it a problem that um, English batsmen aren't scoring runs? Yeah, because most of them don't look as if they're going to score any, if we're honest. And there are some, you know, pretty um, there are some question marks now beginning to hover over one or two who you might have uh, felt were pretty secure. You know, Rory Burns at some stage he's got to score some runs. Uh, Ollie Pope, you know, he's brilliant. I think he'll make it, but he's not better than Ramprakash or Hick were, you know. So these guys, at some stage, they've got to shape games. Now, Ben Stokes, I think, is a brilliant batsman, and he doesn't look as if he's completely got into this tour yet. But if he's got an Achilles heel, and everyone does, really, it's facing really good quality offspin. And Ashwin might just be his nemesis. So there's a lot to do, and there has been far too much resting on Joe Root's shoulders uh, in the three tests so far. That's categorically the case, yes
0: um well there there may be changes we will uh, we will await the uh, there's there's a bit of a gap now between um Chennai and Ahmedabad and we, we uh, touched on how that game or that um pitch and the conditions might be quite different again um Carter got Moeen, uh Moeen's comeback um you've sort of uh, uh you well you watched him bowl and uh and um I've seen him bowl at India plenty of times before i mean he he got 8 wickets in this match he's had the sort of hollywood moment when he bowled virat kohli for a, a duck in the first innings um he slapped a, a few runs around at the end I mean, did did you think he made england a stronger side than with um don bessin
2: i would uh, sort of agree with george that uh, I, I don't know like what was the issue with bess in the first test which was that He was bowling a lot of full tosses and, you know, he got a few wickets but they seemed like cheap wickets because like, I mean, Pujara pulled one into short leg, it bounced up to the guy at mid wicket, Rahane hit a full toss to cover but, uh, and you got a bowler who pretty much, you know, he got a few wickets but he didn't bowl particularly well and, uh, though I think from having watched Moeen Ali for a number of years, uh, I've seen him bowl a lot better so he wasn't at his best in this Chennai test so uh, yeah so I, I mean uh, they were probably getting someone who was capable of bowling much better than Best did in the first test but it didn't quite happen for that, for them
0: Yeah and George you wrote um, during the game about the sort of <laughs> in some ways it was the greatest hits of Bowie there were some very good balls um, there was Plenty of uh, a dross in there as well. Um, but is there this sense that it could be, uh, sadly, a farewell tour for him in Test Whites? He's now going home um, at his own um, choosing. Uh, England has sort of uh, said, or Joe Root said after um, the match, even though the the kind of assumption was that Moeen was always going to be given the break at this point. Yeah,
1: I'm going to pick you up on that, I think, actually. I want to stop you there. (laughs) Please jump in. Well, you're right. Joe Root did say Moeen's chosen to go home, which is interesting terminology. And, of course, ultimately he's right because none of these guys are slaves. But uh, he didn't say that um, Joffre and Ben Stokes had chosen to miss the Tour of Sri Lanka, he didn't say that Josh Butler had chosen to miss the f- uh, the final three tests of this series, or that Johnny Bairstow and Mark Wood had chosen to go home. So I find that interesting. Now it might just have been clumsy, but it seemed to me to be throwing Moeen under the bus a little bit, because he's basically saying to England supporters, or oh, it will be perceived. <coughs> By some England supporters, that that in some way reflects a lack of dedication to Test cricket by mowing, and the fact is that England said before the tour that the all-format players would be given a break at some stage, and they have been. Yeah, so Joe Root's missing the T20s, for example, and well, maybe he's not an all-format player anymore. <laughs> um, you know, Mark Wood's gone. Hey, we, we know who's gone, and and. and before the series started, Mowing gave an interview, said, yeah, the plan is to go home after the second test. Now, I understand that in the last day or so, they've asked him whether he would stay on. Is it fair that they've done that? Is it fair that they put him in that position? I mean, people could draw their own conclusions. But if from one end of the tour to the other, with the white ball games included, he would be away for three months. And that's three months these days without being able to have any family or friends or anything like that because of COVID. Usually be easier to see family if you throw in the IPL as well and some people will say well you shouldn't but if you throw in the IPL as well he could be away and he gets a gig of course uh he could be away for five months in succession in that light it doesn't seem so unreasonable in fact it almost seems like his moral (laughs) duty and responsibility as a parent to go home for a couple of weeks so he will be back for the t20s Uh, Should England be prioritising tests? I mean, I don't know. They're all big games, aren't they? There's a T20 World Cup at the end of the year. Should they say that the IPL is more important? Well, you know, Moan doesn't have a central contract. He's 33. He's got kids. How long is it going to go on? I'd be gutted if it was the end. But if anyone was in that situation, what are you going to do? It's a very difficult situation. I thought it was... I'd be charitable I thought it was at best clumsy of um of Joe Root to say that he's chosen to go home have I made that distinction uh clear enough or have I been woolly
0: yeah no no I think I think that's that's fair as you say it's uh um the way it was put was was uh Stood out from perhaps the way Josh Butler went home after one test of this series, which is um, we've had players sort of going home in, or coming in or out on, in two test
1: blocks. So that was, and, and no one uh, said know. he's chosen. <clears throat> they just said it was part of <clears throat> the rest and rotation policy uh, and part of the responsibility of an employer looking after players in in very extreme circumstances. Look, I, I'm really conflicted actually about what I think because I just because I've known Mo in quite a long time and I remember him more than 20 years ago, yeah, as a boy with a lot of talent and all the uh, hard work's not the right, the sacrifices, that's the word, that his family have gone through to get him uh, to a position where he could be playing international cricket and test cricket in particular. And, and, And they really did have to work hard, of course he did. So to get to a stage where he's got back in the team, which didn't seem like it was going to happen, and then go the other way, you know, decide that he's got to go home, it's quite a big deal. It is, you know, for, for that family, for him, it's quite a big deal. Now, people will think, well, he could come back, you know, of course he could come back. England's next seven tests are at home in England. Are they going to play one spinner? You would think so. Will it be him? Well, it <laughs> looked last summer as if he was third option, then they go to Australia. Is he going to go? Well, I mean, he could. He could. But given what happened last time, he's not a dead sir, is he? <clears throat> so you would think if he had um, long-term hopes of playing Test cricket, he would probably stay on this tour. And it, in many ways, I really wish he had done uh, because I'd love to have seen him and I fear that this is the end. But at the same time, I think... Five months away.
0: And I think. I mean, he, he I think,
1: adds, just, just, just to sort of. I think if I had my time again. In life, I would probably. <laughs> no, I mean, as a father, though, I think I'd work less hard. And. I thought we we're going to get right into the whole tapestry of. Well, no, I just think I just think that I would probably work less. And... Yeah, no, but we, we, you are really. I'm trying to empathise because <laughs> my <laughs> instinctive reaction is. I wish he'd stay play cricket, but yeah, yeah. My instinctive reaction is stay and play for England because that's what you've worked so hard for. That's what you know. Your father literally went without food to help this happen. So I really wish that would. But as I say, five months without seeing your kids, he's probably doing the right thing, isn't he?
0: Uh, well, and, and of course he had he's had COVID on this tour. He spent two weeks or more in a in a hotel room in, in Sri Lanka, um, and it might be that that has you know the unfortunate knock-on effect was that then he didn't play in Sri Lanka and then best bowled quite well or well best got wickets let's say um yeah. and that influenced England's um selection policy but, and, and look you know, I think none of was... that is Boeing's fault
1: <laughs> no well I mean it's we are where we are I, I think that uh I think he was promised he was told he was going to play the first two tests in this series he was also told that he could go home after that you know you, you, the point that you've made. His family are seeing him with COVID in a foreign country, a long way from home, unable to, you know, help. They're going to have an emotional reaction to that, aren't they? Uh, and and ultimately, you know that old joke about someone stopping and asking directions, and the reply is, "You don't want to start from here." <laughs> England should have given him a central contract if you really value Mohammed <laughs> Ali as a yeah. test cricketer, and he's so important that his going home is this sort of catastrophic event. It is extraordinary that he was dropped, although I agreed with the decision to drop him, but then lost his central contract two months later when he was the top wicket-taker in the world in the previous 12 months. I mean, would that have happened to a batsman? If if a batsman lost form and needed a break and they were the top run scorer in test cricket in the world, that ain't happening. And this wouldn't have happened to Joss Butler or Joe Root or Ben Stokes... For some reason, bearing in mind he's the, he is the poster boy for inclusivity in the ECB, for some reason it doesn't feel that inclusive.
0: Well, we will always have uh, that ball to Coley in, in the first innings, if this is um, knowing so well. Or was it just batsman error, uh, Kartik? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I, it looked like a pretty full ball, <laughs> didn't it? But uh, I think it was, you know, the wider you go, like the more sort of, like, you, the fuller you can bowl without the batsman getting close to it. So, uh, I, it was a good ball. It was a good ball and a bad shot. Like, uh, if he if he just looked to, like, defend that or, like, play a check drive and, like, you know, get as close to it as possible, whatever, he would have been fine. But it was a good ball. You can't take that away. And, uh, yeah, I, I mean, COVID, I'd forgotten about that pretty much. And that must have contributed in some way to his bowling in this, test match not quite being up to his own standards like forget like being you know uh whatever like world class or whatever yeah
0: yes well or just english test spin bowling class
1: Um, well i I, do you know what i thought he bowled (laughs) a bit better than he had for a while i mean yeah i thought it certainly
0: certainly improved um, i I just thought the good
1: balls were very good but there were too many bad balls really and that's you know, batting and bowling, it's not just about what you do. It's, it's very, very much about what you don't do. And what you don't see with Ravi Ashwin is full tosses. And you didn't with Graham Swan. It's, it's, you know, it's not rocket science, that stuff. But I think, yeah. <clears throat> you know, he also ripped his finger after he came out of the COVID isolation because he hadn't been bowling, so the, the skin's got a bit soft. You know, it's been imperfect. He, actually, uh, he exceeded my expectations with the ball, if I'm honest. Because, uh, you, you know, he gets drift and dip that Don Best doesn't get, and I don't think ever will. Um, in fact, I, I would say that his drift and dip, you know, Ravi Ashwin's watching that with a bit of envy. What what he's not thinking is, I wish I had Moen's consistency. <laughs>
0: Well yes let let's move on to a, a an off spinning all-rounder and let's call him that who um very much enjoyed uh, his outing on on his home patch um classmate of yours growing up uh Kartik i believe um and uh, yeah I'm quite a quite a test for uh for our Ashwin
2: yeah i mean like he bowled really well in the first test as well uh without obviously like uh, even in the first innings where he didn't get too many wickets he like Yeah, so as George says, he doesn't bowl bad balls. And, you know, he gets a little bit of help. And, uh, I mean, I would contest the thing that Moin gets more drift than Ashwin. Dip, yeah, possibly. Uh, Drift, not so much. Uh, Yeah, he was, you know, he bowled as well. He's been... He he certainly, uh Certainly did Ben folks
0: in the in uh, Ben folks Ben Stokes in the flight on more than one occasion. You
2: could argue, as you did with that Kohli ball, that that was a you know I, I mean I on commentary I I said Stokes has missed a half volley. You missed a right? half volley, but, yeah. Uh, upon reflection, like the the like Stokes has this issue, and he's had he he uh, kind of seemed to show it through the second innings as well, where his front pad kind of keeps going away to the leg side when he's trying to. He doesn't really get forward, right? And that happens because of how much drift Ashwin gets. And uh, in the first innings, like, the drift did him. And he kept going. He got opened up by that and then it's spun. And he was really in no position to play that. Uh, Ashwin, he's just been bowling as well as he has for a long time. Like uh, At the start yeah. of the Australia Tour, you would have thought, uh, because his batting form had been pretty... Like, he'd been averaging 17, I don't know the exact numbers, but like, since he, like his last half century came in 2017, on the tour of Sri Lanka, Mm -hmm. right, and since then India played a lot of cricket, he's played a lot of cricket, and this is a guy who was, like, regularly contributing with the bat before that. He averaged early to mid-30s before that, and now, when the series began, it was down to 27. Uh, So... There had been quite a big dip in his batting. So before the Australia tour, you would have thought, okay, India would, if they were playing one spinner, they'd play Jadija. But then he got injured uh, in during that ODI series. And then Ashwin played the first test. He got Steven Smith early on, really early on. And that's it. Like Suddenly it was like, how would you even contemplate leaving this guy out? But that just tells you... How much depth India have, basically, and Ashwin, like he's he ha- he may not have had that opportunity in Adelaide, but he got it, and then since then he's not looked back. He's just bold as well as he has at any point in his career.
0: Yeah, now you're wondering how uh, Sir Sir Ravindra is going to get back in the team when he's fit. Um, and and you mentioned like Ashwin's batting dropping off uh, we probably didn't expect him to be scoring a, a, a second innings 100 from number 8 um, in this match but um,
2: he did yeah he said an interesting thing today after the game uh, at the presentation where uh, Murli Karthik asked him okay so what what was it you were working on in your batting to sort of get back into form and he said he was kind of getting too obsessed with uh, the technical side of things and like basically India's batting coach uh, Vikram Rathore and also Ajinkya Rahane who captained India in those three tests in Australia they both told him like forget about all that just go think tactically think about where you're going to score your runs and once you start doing that you'll get back in form and it's kind of happened like he went in uh, in Sydney with a bad back and you know just hung in there for like those two hours, two and two and two and a bit hours. And uh, since then, like you know, he's looked something like the old Ashwin with the bat. When he first came in, like he just timed the ball like a dream, right? And people were comparing him with VVS Lakshman back then. And you saw a little bit of that. I don't think he's, I don't think he's got back to looking like that uh, just yet. But I mean, he scored a hundred and he looked very good while doing so, on a very difficult pitch. So, what can you say?
0: Yeah, well, um, big... um big hand to him uh, lots of whistles of course uh, the, the one shame I suppose was that um, he couldn't get those two more wickets on the final day which would have made him the fourth man I think to score 100 and take a 10 wicket haul um, in a test match that would have that would have gone down well at, at, at your old stomping ground
2: yeah I mean Bangladesh can rest easy and you know they can say Shakib is better than Ashwin uh, because he's done it and Ashwin hasn't <laughs> yet Uh yeah but the the fact yeah. that he didn't get those two wickets kind of gave Akshar Patel the chance to get a 5-4 on debut. And that was quite a sweet moment as well when that happened. So, you know,
0: yeah. Again, you're back to um, strength in depth for India. Um, I mean, George, England um, might have prevented Ashwin from, from getting to that um, much uh, applauded landmark if they had a keeper who could catch or pull off a stumping. <laughs> um. L- lots of lots of good wicket keeping to talk about in this game, but um, and, um, quite a lot of it from Rishabh Pant as well. But I mean, for England, Ben Folks, uh, that was a bit of a highlight. Although he he missed a difficult stumping chance um, and dropped an eighty mile an hour delivery standing up to the stumps for Stuart Broad. I mean, it, uh, mm. it was it was quite something, wasn't it? And three stumpings in a test. I think the first time an England keeper had done that since Alan Knott in nineteen sixty eight. Men's
1: test keeper that. Is. Yeah, I thought he he was brilliant, and um, I mean they're both brilliant in their different ways. But I, I, I guess I was more surprised by Pant actually. I, I I'm not surprised by Pant being good standing back because he's a terrific athlete, uh, and you know you can see the potential. I was quite surprised with him standing up. To be honest, I thought he was a bit of a liability, and he's improving. All the time, which I, I, I suppose that we shouldn't be surprised about because he's obviously extremely fit and extremely talented. Um, you can see why they're sticking with him. And there will be days when he probably has... Uh, you know, There will be bad days, I'm sure. But he's going in the right direction. He seems to be going there very fast. Um, in terms of Ben Fox, I mean, I thought he batted well as well. It's not a huge surprise how well he kept, but he was under a bit of pressure because, again, he hadn't played for a long time. There's been all this talk about what a super player he is and that he had to live up to it. And I thought he did. Uh, I thought that he's the sort of player that actually you could build a team around, particularly in these conditions. It just adds so much to the bowling attack. He he was creating chances out of nowhere, out of nothing. I mean, the run out as well, yeah. Um, I I noted that, Moeen has had a lot of drops, a lot, a lot of missed opportunities off his bowling. Now, I think Crick Info have only got records dating back to the 1st of May on this, but in nine tests, I think Moen had had 10 missed opportunities off him. It did make me wonder how many he would have, because, of course, unlike, say, Stuart Broad, he doesn't talk about the, the misses off his bowling. But I remember having two in a day, actually, uh, two in an over, rather, in Barbados a few years ago. Um, so... Yeah, I think it would. Um, it's given England an interesting problem, but there's not every chance even that Butler and Folks could play on the same side. I mean, that's not impossible. Uh, but I suspect that England will conclude that uh, you don't need Ben Foulkes in conditions where he's going to be standing back a lot. I, I mean, I think that would be a shame, but um, all the evidence suggests that's the way they think. But uh, yeah, he was terrific. I, I'm struck, by the way, how... How kind of similar you two look. Alan, if you wore your glasses,
0: and you were this, playing this that game... Oh, there, there the, we are. For the podcast listeners, this will um, not quite come through, but yeah. Okay, well, go? if you
1: imagine playing the game, uh, who is it? What's it called? Do you know that kid's game? Guess, guess Who? Guess Who, of course it is. Uh, and you, you know, you, you too. you you'd be asking a lot of the same questions. <laughs>
0: well, I, well I only take it as a compliment um, oh, definitely with me you go the pasty old idiot who looks like a potato <laughs> <laughs> well on, so on the on this on similarities um yeah, pant and pant sort of matched folks un, unexpectedly um I, I, I'm gonna say this test will probably be, be remembered uh, mostly for the fact that the first innings was the highest score made in a test um, without any extras being conceded. I think that's probably the <laughs> thing we're all going to take with us from it. Um, so <laughs> a, a, a big pat on the back to um, to Ben folks there. But um, yeah, I mean, Rishabh Pan was, I think it's fair to say, faultless um, or, or close to faultless. Um, didn't miss a stomach, maybe missed one edge, Um uh, but yeah, no glaring errors, and and was taking the ball kind of you know up by his eyebrows. Um, yeah, uh, he he pulled off his stumpings as well. Uh, he made a couple of uh, flying catches standing back. Um, this is not the Rishabh Pant that was advertised. Yeah, to
2: me. I mean I was pleasantly surprised <laughs> as well, and especially today against the spinners, the uh, dives down the leg side. We've seen that before. Like George says, he's acrobatic and, you know, uh, standing back, uh, he's quite good. Standing up, like, this was why India were playing ridhiman Saha ahead of him uh, for an entire home season because they do they didn't trust his keeping standing up and uh, you could see that even in Australia where he put down a, you know, a chance that, uh, where was this, Sydney? yeah. He had a pretty bad game there, and the fact that he's playing these tests is more down to what he did with the bat in Australia than convincing everyone that his keeping has improved. But then you come here, and all of a sudden, because it's out—it's an improvement that's come at least to a viewer watching from outside the India team environment. It's come out of the blue, and it it. Like, some of his takes today, like, over his left shoulder, and... He made it look so easy. And it was... I mean, I hope it lasts. And Kohli says that uh, he's worked a lot on his fitness, and that's made him quicker on his feet, and probably helps him, you know, through long days in the field as well, where you're having to, like, squat and get up and concentrate and all of that. So, yeah, I mean... uh, Like, his hat, Like... His glove work, just the basic skill of like, you know, having soft hands and taking balls at awkward heights. He did that so well today. I I hope it lasts and he continues to like grow. I'm sure he will. He's got a lot of talent. So it was just really good to watch.
0: Um, well, uh, hopefully, it's uh, it might be an omen for Ben, folks. Um, either way, I did a test on the live report during a test, a poll on the on the live report during the game, um, which people voted and said that that and Saha was the best test keeper in the world right now. Uh, folks came second. There are only five options, but um, well, Saha might not play another test now, <laughs> and uh, Ben, folks, might only have a couple more before Joss Butler gets back in. Um, anyway we we will um we are well, nearly nearly um uh, God, i think gone through most things from these first two games but uh we will look ahead before I let you go chaps um this was England's first overseas defeat in seven tests um but George will they be hoping that the pink ball is a a bit of an equalizer
1: yeah it's, uh, I don't really know. I don't really know what to expect with the pink ball, though. <laughs> but, well, I don't. I, um, there's there's so many unknowns with that. <clears throat> you know, very often the pink ball does nothing. It can be terribly boring. The pink kookaburra is a shocker, in my view. So uh, I know this is a, a pink SG, but I don't think I've ever seen a game with a pink SG. We've never seen a game on this surface. We don't know what we're going to get, you know, when we arrive, as if I'm going, but... Um, <laughs> So so there's an awful lot. I, I think um both teams have to be very open minded about selection, to be honest. Um uh, you would think that um you would uh, stick to a minimum of two spinners. I would I would suggest that it would be unwise to do anything else, um, you know, for England in particular but i think you've got to be very very open-minded i mean if you're thinking that the ball might do a little bit more it sometimes does in that twilight period or if there's a bit of dew equally very often i've seen some pink or game games where it has done nothing um and then it's very difficult it could be it could be quite attritional cricket and i don't really know what to expect so uh but you would i think you know be, you know kartik's view would be more relevant really but I wouldn't expect to get another pitch like this. Certainly in the next test, and then possibly in the fourth test. Bearing in mind it's at the same stadium, possibly we might get something that's sort of dry and quite dusty again. That 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 is definitely a possibility. But let let's look next game. Don't know. Be be fun to see, won't it? I'm sorry not to give you any more insight, but I, I, I'm oh, no. looking forward. There's a lot this of is... un, lot of unknowns. <laughs>
0: This is where we chuck it over to to Kartik and and bring us the local knowledge from however many um, thousand miles away uh, Ahmedabad is. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) what what, there has been a pink ball test in India uh, before? I think I'm right saying it, Kolkata. What what would you expect the pink SG to do? uh, Well, first thing in the uh, in the afternoon or in the twilight period, Uh, and and will will India? You know, will a spinning pitch still be sort of the order of the day, um, even if? even if there needs to be a little bit more moisture in to sort of prevent the, uh, there's always concerns about the pink ball kind of deteriorating or disintegrating really um, (laughs) whenever it meets a hard surface. But um, what's kind of, what are you, what are you looking uh, looking out for? So
2: the, like uh, the Calcutta pink ball test uh, that was against Bangladesh and uh, like basically the fast bowlers dominated it. Uh, But Calcutta ever since like the pitch was relayed somewhere around 20, 15 or 16 it's been a fast bowling pitch like no matter what form of cricket's been played on it and uh uh yeah uh Ahmedabad's never been that Ahmedabad's always been a slow and low sort of it's a red soil pitch uh generally but i don't know if i'm guessing it's the same soil even though the entire stadium has been like uh reconstructed and like there's probably the biggest capacity in the world or whatever Uh, but the soil I'm assuming will be the same and if that's the case then I don't know like they will leave more grass on the surface because they'll have to ensure the ball lasts 80 overs uh, and you know lasts that time and doesn't completely like disintegrate Uh, so there will be more grass but will that really change the character of that pitch I don't know uh, there was one test match in Ahmedabad in 2008 when uh, for some reason it was a green top on the first day and South Africa happened to bowl and they had Dale Stain and he ran through India and they won that game uh, but that's the only time I remember that pitch doing anything of that sort uh, so yeah if there's some grass on the pitch uh, there might be a little more help for the quicks than normal early on but as the game progresses, if it plays true to whatever its character used to be, it's probably going to be like a fairly flat pitch. This is, I'm i I'm, I'm just expecting, well, I'm expecting no, to be proven no. completely wrong one way or the other. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, unthinkable, well, isn't it? That there would be a grassy pitch, you know? I think the definitions of grassy just, are very
2: different in India and yeah, sure, like sure. That Calcutta <laughs> test we were talking about, they left 6mm of grass on it or something like that. And that is unthinkable for India. And then when I'd gone to New Zealand last year for the India tour, uh, the, they were leaving like 17mm and they're like, that's not that much actually. So, yeah. Interesting. So, so, do so we, we you can, think they could leave on just a bit a little more bit just more, more, to pretend? Yeah, yeah just for the that. Pink ball. Yeah. And the outfield will be pretty lush too. So, while you might get a little bit of seam, you may not get a uh, reverse swing. So, yeah.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the Lord, the Lord <laughs> giveth and he taketh away. Um, I mean, England will be... Um, I mean, go as we started off, George, 1-1 after two tests, England will be going into this. You'd expect, um, yeah, James Anderson back in the side, Jofra Archer, if he's fit, um, and they'll be hoping to give it a, a red-hot crack as a... As a Antipodean friends say <laughs> they do say that, don't they?
1: Um, yes, that that's absolutely right. I, I I think actually the series is is quite nicely poised, and uh, people in England will be relieved to know they don't have to get up at four o'clock uh, for yeah. this game as well. I think it starts at something like eight thirty nine o'clock. I mean, yeah. people are you know Perfect. hoping the furlough doesn't end too soon for the first <laughs> time in months. Uh, yeah, it, it it's really well set up. I, I you know, India are still favourites. Of course they are. But if there was ever a way that this series could there could be an upset, it was probably this stage and then this coming into this test match with with the the pink ball and the day night being a little bit of the leveler. It's just possible it will make the ball do a little bit more for the Seabers, but I mean no one should ever forget what a fantastic seam attack India should also be able to put out. I'm presuming oh, that is back. we're presuming he will yeah. be. Yeah. Do you know what I mean?
0: Ooh, yeah, home home ground. Um, well, so yeah, um, Kartik Bumra back inside. So whispers that Mohammed Shami is sort of uh, lurking around the the tour party or the, the not the tour party. Well, they're kind of tour parties in in a way, aren't they? In these bubbles. But um, yeah, I mean, India will have um, have plenty of fast bowling strengths to call upon these days. And now that Virat Kohli's got that that losing monkey off his back, first first win in five tests as captain you know the the momentum if that exists in sport at all anymore um, is with them you'd say yeah
2: i guess i mean i don't think i don't know it's it's just one of those irrational things right like uh, yeah i mean i don't know about momentum and i haven't heard the shummy whispers at all but uh, if he's
0: well yeah. this was well I did the uh, the Stump Mike podcast earlier and uh, that was Gaurav's um uh, right. little tidbit Well if he's so.
2: <laughs> if he's I don't know would he like come back in straight away I kind of doubt it. Yeah. You'd think he yeah, yeah you'd think he yeah. want to
0: get <laughs> yeah. build up to fitness but um but Bumrah, Bumrah 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 will will be will the Ishan Sharma playing like,
2: his 100th test match and uh, yeah and probably Siraj as well if they are playing three fast bowlers and that's that's quite a quite a tasty attack.
1: So. There might there might be that Kuldeep misses yeah. out, mightn't it? I mean, I, because he, really interesting, isn't it? There was a lot of talk after the first test that Kuldeep was was the missing ingredient in the India attack. And I think we saw really that, I don't think it would have made a difference. I think we got to be careful, haven't we, as onlookers, not to always think that new and different yeah. is better. I don't think there's any 11 that England could have put out in this game that would have changed the result. Well, I don't, if I'm honest. That's okay. You can only ask people to play to the limit of of their ability. And uh, I just thought India were a lot better in this game in fairly extreme conditions. I'll go back to that Lord's Test two or three years ago. India were outplayed in very extreme English conditions, in my view.
0: Yeah well and um called uh, Yadav did
2: Kuldeep Yadav play that game at Lords yeah. uh,
0: I think <laughs> I think he I'm did, right did, in did. recalling yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. for some reason for some reason they saw that um, pitch and yeah. they were like we'll play two spinners here yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah Do you know yeah. what? So, I have
1: forgotten that yeah. that is extraordinary isn't it And and
0: Adil Adil Rashid played and um didn't uh, bat bowl or take a catch something like <laughs> so <laughs> you know it's it 's a funny old game sometimes um right well i think I think we've pretty much picked through the rubble i 'm um, talking about england 's performance rather than the pitch uh, it 's time to look forward no not to the IPL auction but to two more tests in Ahmedabad, which will conclude england 's six match run in the subcontinent and determine just who will be playing in the world Test championship final later this year uh, we 'll be back to uh, to go through all that uh, for now, my thanks to George and to and to you all for tuning in. This has been the Switch It Podcast on ESPNCrickInfo.com.